This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. So if a client comes in with skepticism about the mental health profession, and I'd like to help them feel comfortable and build trust by showing them that many of the concepts are rooted in Torah, what can I share? So um, I'll try to not use the mic and see if that works. If not, uh, we'll use the mic, or the mic, I guess, is somewhat picking up. Um, first of all, um, it's, it's a very moving to see how many people are here, people in a profession that the nature of the profession is that you feel in charge, in control, and you have a person's life in your hands with a certain level of trust that almost no other profession has. The fact that you feel it's important to discuss it and try to understand it with a Torahic perspective is a, is a, is a, is a, it's a tribute to our chinuch that people have that chinuch despite the fact that they're accomplished professionals they recognize that there's there's a whole other element that needs to be integrated for El uh, Secondly, I have a horror on Reb David's uh, introduction, and um, I hope that the question didn't disappear. I hope it appeared. In other words, um, there are questions that you put to rest, and there are questions that guide your life. Um, the the um, who am I, and what's my tafkid, should be a question a person should ask himself every day till the last day of his life. What's my purpose today in this world? Yeah. Okay. So so I I therefore um, I'm, I'm glad that the book allowed the question to become uh, speakable and to be on people's, on people's uh, lips instead of just minds. And Be'ezus Hashem, if everyone ponders a question, uh, deals with the question, it will, it will get us someplace, Be'ezus Hashem. Uh, somebody comes to a therapist and he's not at ease with therapy and, and uh, is it good, is it not good? What? So, um, my first question is, how did this person get to my office? Some rough sent him? Usually it's somebody sent him. If it's a person who, who is that, that type of mindset, whoever the rough that sent him is the one who's giving him the askama and the, and the urging to go seek a, a help from a professional. I'm a little weary of trying to find it in Psukim and so on. I, I, I'm, I, I, um, I feel sometimes you get into an area that's, that's gray. What's better would be, Lamashal, there was a Frum Haredi psychologist at Israel, Shlema Hoffman, who passed away a few years ago. He was an incredible person, and many of the Gdolim sent to him, had him give Vadim for Talmidim. I would rather use examples of people that Gedolim or Somachan, um, if you can tell people, Rabbanim, that sent you and, and people and so on, I, I think that's a more sure way of going than, than introducing Veritam Shatim. You might even strike out. The person doesn't like that type of Torah, doesn't like that type of Vart. I'm, I'm, I'm a little uneasy with that approach. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yiddishkeit and happiness. 
What do terrorist sources have to say about achieving happiness? Is there a formula for this? Are we in total control of Simcha to the extent that the Tzicha happens? Would this apply to someone who is suffering from clinical depression or other mood disorders? Okay, so just a short introduction. I, I, at the risk of repeating myself, last time we had a session in Borough Park, I, I want to go over a basic sketch that I think is important. Um, what is a person? So imagine somebody starts, starts acting inappropriately, does things that are not right, in whatever area. And then we do an MRI and we find a growth, a tumor in his brain. That's neurology, has zero shaykhis to um, a rough, except to be involved for him and to get him funding if he needs, and to, and to urge him to do what the doctor says. So a person's first layer is a goof, and the goof does affect strongly on uh, how we act. Even though our neshama is not a goof, but if the goof has a tumor in the brain, we act very crazy. If a person drank and there's chemicals in his brain, he also acts crazy, um, to a point of Shakrusa Shalot, where he might be considered at that point totally unresponsible for the etzim act he did. So, so when we, the first layer of a person that affects through and through is the goof, and we all understand that belongs to a doctor. There's a second layer, which we'll call a nefesh, and a nefesh we'll describe as a basic emotional composition of a person with somewhat overlapping with animal life. The Ramban says, two or three places, dogs, animals have simple emotions. Anyone who owns a dog knows you know, that you, you, can, you can ascribe certain basic emotions to animals. So there's the next level is quasi-physical, and that's the realm of psychology predominantly. The third level is the person has a healthy body, he is emotionally pre-balanced. And now the question is, what's right, what's wrong? Right and wrong are questions that psychology cannot deal with. It, it, it's just not part of that lexicon, just like a doctor can't deal with it. And over there, Torah comes into play and begins to give that setup. Let's go now to this question of Simcha. So first, let's describe what Simcha is. So if we're talking about, so if we're talking about clinical depression, which means there is a factor there that we can say is semi-physical. That really has nothing to do with a Musa Shmuz about being happy or anything like it. There's, there's no, you know, it, it's the same way like I've shown people have a tumor. There's, they'll, they'll be depressed if, depending where the tumor is or they'll be, or they'll be um, you know, hyper. But at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with what you know. It has to do with what's going on. So a person who has a severe enough clinical depression, something that we would clearly label as that, there's, not, there, there's nothing there for somebody to talk to Simcha about it. What about a person who, that's not, it's not a clinical depression, but he's an unhappy person. And, he, and the Torah demands to be happy. How does a person control his emotions? So in the big picture, I think it's as follows. It's relevant for Simcha, it's relevant for Ava, it's relevant for Yira. 
So, so let's give a little bit of a muscle. Um, imagine a kid grows up in a good, healthy West Virginia environment where basketball or football or quarterback, that's the, that's the goal in life. And this poor kid likes to read a lot, likes to, 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 to think a lot, likes this, like that. That kid is going to be a very miserable kid. There will be no end to the jokes on his cheshm, and his family will probably consider him the as will the town. That kid is going to be depressed. He's going to be down. One day he goes into an environment that values education, and all of a sudden he's the hero. It's one of the fascinating things I've noticed about Shuvi Yeshivas. You get this fellow who comes from a college. He is what they call a nerd, Kafel Shmeina, and for all of his life, he's been the misfit. And all of a sudden, he comes to the yeshiva, wow, he's the ill, he's the goy, he's the tzaddik, he's the masmid. You know, he, he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's the best shidduchim. Or, or, you know, I mean, the answer is, the, the setting of what is successful is the key to our sense of happiness. In other words, happiness is a feedback mechanism of success in the bigger picture. In other words, just like physical pleasure is a feedback mechanism for things that are positive, so generally things that are sweet, things that, that, that taste good, tend to be good, things that are bitter, sour, you know, the general sense of, of, of taste. The things that, in, in on, on, on a le- an emotional level, simcha is the feedback that I'm successful, and I'm realizing myself, I'm accomplishing. Now, what gives me simcha is really going to depend on what my framework for understanding the good is. So let's take a simple example. Let's say I live in, in a society that, whether they say it or not, values material things extremely much. If I come in with a schleppy car and everybody else has a nice car, if, 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 if uh, their vacation is in, in a face where in some exotic place in, in, in Asia, and my vacation is I go to convention, <laughs> then, then, then I will feel Except that you go to convention park. That, yeah. Edit that out, okay? You'll, you'll, you'll take care. <laughs> Not the mental health conference. Not the, that's why it's because it was. Um, so for me to be besimcha, Sameach Bechelko means I have to dehair what Chelko is. One of, people make the, one of, those, one of the, the shallowest appraisals of Hasidus was as follows. People were very, very down in the 17th and 18th century, and they were very miserable, and Rabbanim just told them to go Gehenim. The Balshantov came along, what did he say was his message? Why be miserable? Drink, dance, and be happy. That is, that's, that, 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 that's drugs. In other words, be'etzim, you should be miserable. Be'etzim, your life is wretched. But drink and pretend you're happy, dance and pretend you're happy, that's, that's, that's um, you know, that's opium. What the Heilig Baal said was, the Rebbeinah Shalom this morning said, Yankel, I want you. The riot is I woke up this morning. So the Rebbeinah said, I want you. So if, if my focus, if my world is Rebbeinah Shalom and me, then it's, and everything else is a hardship, but, but, but it's not down. 
constructing if a person has constructing a person's world and giving him the parameters for what is success automatically will trigger happiness where happen should be. So if he does a mitzvah and he krechtzes, then then it's something that it's a sign that the mitzvahs don't sit on his sense of what fulfillment is. If a yid does a mitzvah and he's happy with it, then it means that his world is focuses around, did I put on thousand film this morning? Was I Dovak Tribayashan this morning? So the working on emotions really on, on Simcha really starts with an understanding and a genuine appreciation of what it is that's meaningful and important to me. That's that's where we're going with it. If you don't have any follow-up, feel free to you can answer the microphone. Afternoon. The men microphone. Afternoon, one, two, and one pink. The message that Rashiva just gave about Simcha and the relationship to yeah. is that of any, what do Rashiva feel about mental health professionals utilizing you know, that approach to help people who are coming in with lack of some Is that our role? So, obviously, as a mental health professional, you're not supposed to indoctrinate God, you know, as, as, a, as what you're doing, but you have to start with the person and ask him, tell me what are the things you think are important in life? And a person, you know, given a choice, living an honest life, but not having much, having a lot, but being a little bit in the gray area of honesty, and so on. If the person is a Shemitah Mitzvah, then at least he will at least say that. And, and then you, you, you want to use his own, the things that he says he ascribes to, and he usually does ascribe to it in a certain intellectual way, to bring it into emotions, and, and, and you know, how, how can I sit and really make it who I am emotionally? That, that's, I, I, you know, if the person says I'm an atheist and I'm, and I'm depressed, all you can say is of course. But, 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 but there's no, there's, but, but I'm, I'm, seriously, you, you, you have to tread very carefully for many reasons. But what you want to do is take the person with his own words and construct that and explain to him how he can take it from the cognitive to, to, the, to, to the emotional and, and, you know, that which, which he integrates into his very self. Question, which is, I don't know if it's appropriate what the was talking about at this point, but you know, in, 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 Connection is what really will bring up a sense of simcha. Um, it's not specifically simple simcha, it's a sense of simcha. I'm just double checking that both as a therapist and as from Yidin, that's in the purview of what is certainly healthy into the simcha. Um, yes, the, the connection to Gadesh Baruch Hu, um, is part of mitzvah. The one, the one area that for women you, you as a woman might be especially sensitive to is it, it, sometimes the term connecting becomes also an escape and that's, takes, that's why a from therapist 
is crucial because for an outside person, maybe all of this is an escape. You, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a Hamish person, understand the difference between someone where the connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, it, it's, it's because of the height that he's reached or because of the low that he's in. And, and that's where you have to be sensitive and, and, and be able to be mafchen, being told the limutaf. Yes? I, I don't have a question. I just wanted to ask whether Rabbi Lapiansky would agree with something I've been doing for many, many years. I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know the, the whom whom I speak to. Yeah, Dr. Rosenstein. Okay, yeah. He's practicing I, I uh, always tell the patients who are somewhat depressed or very depressed, temporarily learn to say 10 or 20 times a day, Hakarl Videshamayim, Chutzmiyurim. What does it mean, Hakarl? Hakarl means everything, the little things. So your depression is part of that. But if you say that to the Bible 10 times a day or 20 times a day, it will lift somewhat. And I, I met a woman in a restaurant in Miami, and she stopped me and said, you know, I, I wanted to call you. I know you're Dr. Rose, but I, I'm very depressed even down in Miami. I said, we don't have to call me. Let's sit down right here. And I taught her that right <laughs> on the spot. And she said, wow, I can't believe it. I'm going to call you. He called me. She was very happy. <laughs> Listen, I, I can I mean, it, 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 your, your experience is invaluable. If, if, if it, it works, there's nothing better than that. Of course. Yeah. Practicing since 1960. What? Since 1960. Wow. <laughs> okay. Do we, as Orthodox mental health professionals, have an obligation to speak out and stand up for what's right in a public forum, or are we should we be more afraid of the risks involved in speaking out? We're supposed to be neutral as mental health professionals, and clients may see our public stance and be impacted negatively. We're also risking being attacked for our stance. Examples of this would be taking a stand on gender, identity issues, homosexuality. What should or could we be doing to address these concerns? There's a, there's a marshal. Um, let me quote two marshals. Um, and and one, one vis-a-vis the other, is, it gives a very, very strong a sense of, of, of what he says. There's a famous marshal that many people um, quote. Um, the marshal speaks about it's prohibited to agree to something, even pro forma, that's against the Torah. He says in the famous Gemara, where Agrippa Samelach was a king, and everybody got up and said, when he read the Torah, and it says, Miker Bachech and everyone, and, and he started crying. Everybody said, no, you're okay. You're just like a brother. It's great, and so on. They were Chayev Kloya. And he explains any statement that you say that is against Torah Lehedia is Haser. He says a Chidesh Nefesh on it. That has been, um, the post can don't go with that. But everyone agrees to the severity of owning up to it. The same Mashal says in another place the following. It says, just like there's a mitzvah to say things that will be listened to, it's a mitzvah not to say things that will not be listened to. It, the many, it's not, the many, one reason is the person might come to hate you. One reason is there's no chiyav tochacha. The Mashal brings a Sefer Hasidim. Sefer Hasidim says it is usur, segueing from the Gemara, using this Gemara as a base, to teach the strange Chazal to Amaratzim because they'll make fun of it. 
and it's a bizarre Torah because they don't get it, and you're dragging Torah through the mud. That's what, so the same, and Sefer Hasidim, Rebbe Hasid was not a rationalist by anyone's count, but he said to take Divrei Torah that are strange, unusual, um, different, and have them made public in a way that is that that it becomes a bizayan is asr. That's what he says. So I would think the same thing would be true over here. That a person get up and say that something is right when it's wrong, that you're not allowed to do. But to take public stance, and it's not going to help anything. In, you know, in Israel, if you fight for something because of the way politics is set up, you could get your way, and then there's its own its own uh, reasons pro and con. But in America, the amount of people in this room, even though we're so thrilled that there's 150 people in the room, it it doesn't represent even a a, 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 a percent of a percent of people out there in in the field. So to make public statements that are that great on people's ears and accomplish nothing is being Mephaz Torah. So we need to understand what's right and wrong for us. And when someone asks me about it, that I think the person is not a Shomea, it's not his thing, I'll tell him, you know, there are parts of Torah we don't understand. Why is shellfish asa when everybody thinks it's a wonderful food? I don't know, but that's part of Torah. I don't know. This is So we religiously keep it with the belief that Hashem knows. That's it. That's all he needs to know. And what we do need to protect is that we not be forced into doing or saying something that we shouldn't. So, so um, I, I'm a strong believer against public statements. Um, they, they, they usually tend, especially today, when, when everything goes on the internet and becomes viral, and somebody picks out one narishkeit out of a whole intelligent discussion, and it goes viral, the, the, what did you accomplish? So there's this type thing, no, they have to know the truth. Where did you get that from? They will take care of know the truth. Where, where, what do you, they have to know the truth. The, the, what the marshals of Sefer Hasidim is, you're making the truth less palatable for them, more stupider for them. So sometimes, the marshal, let's say that the United Rabbis of America come out and they say that the Torah absolutely endorses this, this, and this. So a rabbinic organization, orthodox organization, um, should make a statement, you know, this does not represent the Orthodox Judaism, halacha prohibits it, and when, I, when there's an assumption that by keeping quiet you're agreeing to it as a group, that's a macha that you need to make. But anything else, I think, staying away from statements that people don't get, don't understand, it's a mitzvah, lo loma davashen nishma. Much less yeah. um, especially in the last couple of years, what's, what's going on in New York with yeshivas and the government and other than Lakewood, where, where the victim or the subject of a lot of noise out there. There are times when you can get up and say something that would mitigate to some extent, but it won't convince. For Marshall, people paint um, the approach of the front community regarding the internet as being the end of and you could say something that, you know, maybe we need to think twice about it. We certainly won't agree. People aren't throwing their smartphones away. 
So it sort of fits into a gray area. What is your shiva feeling about addressing it at that level? That it's for the for the Hamaynam, and especially for the Goyim, it takes away the edge to it. it takes, yeah, I, I don't agree with that, but that's understandable. So it depends on how well you're capable of expressing it. In other words, a person who can express it in a way that makes life more comfortable for from people, so, of course. But, unfortunately, you, you see most of the time, there, there are people who are very good at it, there are few people, and they're usually called upon by Akuda and so on, who, who, you know, who write up something which sounds intelligible and, and palatable. So, so that's wonderful. But everyone going and, and saying their comments, I don't, I don't think people realize how easy it is to take apart somebody's words. So you need, you take an achrayas yourself when you're doing, when you're saying something. You need to make sure that those words cannot be used as part of the making fun, as part of, as part of the making. So if, 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 if you have that kishrin, that ability, and a format to do it, you know, of course, Question that came in. The Rashiva wrote an article in the dialogue issue which addressed childhood sexual abuse, and there's a discussion there regarding the connection and relationship between the child and the abuser. We're all familiar with the research that the highest percentage of abusers tend to be relatives of the child in the immediate or stem family or other people that are known to the child already, as opposed to strangers. Yet we seem to be far behind the research in educating our children about this percentage. How can we address this discrepancy so that our children are prepared and protected? And can the Rosh Hashiva share a fair perspective on the negative impacts of child abuse and our obligation to report and address the issue? Well, I mean... <laughs> I tried to wait a little. What, what, like, what did you leave out? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. I do have a follow-up. <laughs> um, so this, this, this a the question of educating our tzibur, which is really part of a much bigger issue. Um, there are two or three sociological issues with 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 the process. The first is even though the outside world, we're, we're kind of this tight knit um, sort of well run tyranny, everybody knows that that's absolutely nonsense. No two shtibles agree the same thing, and no rebel listens to the other rebbe, no reshiva listens to other shiva, and, and so on. Everybody's own person. So what can we do about it always becomes very difficult. You know, I good I, I, I can put out of X, Y, Z, it's, it's meaningless, because no one is listening. It, 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 our tzibur, that's one factor. Second factor is our tzibur is conservative. Conservative, I mean, is our netia is to keep what is and not to change. It has kept us, and that's why we're all here with the same set of halachas that we had in Sinai, and, and that's kept us. It also means that whenever there's a necessary change that doesn't change halacha, but, but gives it its, its expression in, in this halachic expression now, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I don't know how many people know that there was a time when, when um, shuls in Hungary couldn't have a clock. 
and, and, and there were chubas written that if you see a clock in a shul, you're allowed to destroy it. Because this is bringing modernity into the. It's a Tzalomechel Akim. That I can show you the chubas. Um, so, do I think people can laugh at it, but that's why we're here, because the, the burden of proof lies on the outsider. I can, I don't remind you, 20 some odd years ago, um, there was some very negative psychim against psychologists in Lakewood. Um, and today, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, unfortunately or fortunately, it's booming. Whatever it is, it, it, there's a need for it, and it's recognized. So things take a long time in our Tzibur because, and, and it's, it's part of the positive side that a Tzibur resists change, keeps on, doesn't run after new things. Um, the fact that we kept televisions out of our homes when I was growing up, it was, you know, I'm, I'm a Neanderthal. But hey, I don't have a TV in my house. It was terrible. Today, it, 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 it affected nobody except for the good and Shalom Yisrael. Is the, today's technology the same? Um, very different. Could be in, in 20 years. I don't know. But, but I'm saying, understand whatever you do, somebody, you're going to face an uphill battle and there will be people that will make it their cause and will push and push and push. And um, I don't know what the current state of history is, but Soros Nira, before World War I, was not a popular person, no matter what it says. She was quite unpopular and couldn't get her way. And Rabbanu resisted it. After World War I, it was, could you please make a Besiakov? So in all of these areas, the resistance comes from a good place. It means, I think it's positive. We don't get swept up with every Mishagas. And we rethink and think and think again and again until things change. The, the, um, I know there are people in Israel who have organizations for this. And they try to work with the Menahalim of Hadarim with the Rebbeim, and trying to slowly, you win over one Menahel and another Menahel. You, 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 um, you, you figure out how to teach it. And it's going slow, but in a certain sense, that's our, uh, because we resist change, it's, it's, it's sort of positive. So that means when we finally get our act together, so unfortunately, we, sh- we could have, we should have gotten it earlier together, but at least so much of the other stuff that the world brings in won't be part of it. So um, I think making concerted effort to identify a group of important menalim who, who, who have their, um, who command important maestas, have, have a, a, a sort of a forum where you can sit and discuss these things and show them cases, show them how much there is. Be more open, you know, with a small group, a professional group like that, you can be open. And, and find ways how to deal with it. Um, there's somebody in, in New York who deals with inner family uh, problems, incest, in the Hasidic community. And this person has told me that, I, I asked this person, I, I, she's a woman, and I asked her, how did you, I mean, how did, he said, they came to me, the Manala. And the Satmarov spoke to her. The, 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 in other words, at some point, she was able to get cooperation. You won't get everything you want, but at least we'll, there'll be, you'll slowly develop ways of teaching children what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, in the language 
that each particular society is, 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 is capable of dealing with. You can't take a Hasidic kid in Williamsburg and have the same textbook that will work for a kid in Muncie. Even if they're both quote-unquote Haredim. It's two worlds. It's, it's, it's two universes. So I, I think having these small forums with Nalem and being open, telling them not just um, t- telling them not just statistics and kind of presentations, but case, case, case. Reuven, Shimon, Levi, and so on. Rivka, Saradina. And they get a sense of it, and then explain to them what the weak points are. It'll make an impression. It will, it will penetrate, and, and then come up with, with ideas of how to work with it. On the way here, I received a call from a clinician uh, uh, who, who wasn't able to be here, but asked all the questions of the right She works with uh, teenage girls, and she's working with a girl now who is struggling with same-sex attraction. And she said the girl feels horrible. She feels terrible about herself. She feels terrible about her life. She wants to be a good from girl, but she feels like she's out of the community. Does she have anything to... Yeah, so let's talk about it. I, I, I mean, it, there was, I was actually involved in something like that now, and recently in Barkshan, this person is happily engaged, happy, and, and so on. I, I think, um, A, I, I, I think part of our problem is that we've become swept along with the evangelical um, you know, approach to these things because they're on quote unquote our side, so the Bible thumping fellow from Louisiana is on my side. Um, people are born with whatever type they have, people are born with everything. So, if one person has an atia to eat, and one person has an atia to jump and run, one person has an atia, a very strong drive. In general, one person has a weak drive. One person has a drive, same sex, different sex, and so on. Then I could it, and a person should never be embarrassed with it. Just like a person not embarrassed if he has a shalom, he came out of his mother's womb limping or, 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 or blind. That's a Like the Gemara says, go back to my yitzer and 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 speak to him. He made the mistake, not me. So whatever attractions a person has, toradic, not toradic. That's a given, and that's your potential put in me. The question is, what do I do with it? So, so because they say you, you're a pervert, you're a sicko, you're this, you're that, so why should I have a low self-image? Let's say, let's say imagine a person has a very strong drive in these inyanim. Um, it, it, nobody would say that's unnatural, but toradic, it means you're going to have to expend a lot of effort to curb your appetite. So, so um, and, and I, I, I think... The first thing is, why does the person be ashamed of what the taiva is? What they should say is, what do I need to do about it? You need, that's one point, I think that's the first, because once a person feels that I'm a nobody, I'm nothing, I'm rejected, I'm a sicko, they think I'm a sicko, so, so why should I be part of them? That whole chilek, is, is that whole chilek, that, that, that cultural um, sense of, of uh, either shame is wrong. And it's part of the problem. Yes. Yeah. I just want to follow up. The Ramban Luman Yeah. Says that once a person, a person is indulgent, and he engages in 
various promiscuous activities, then he develops a type of Mishkan Zohar, etc. Then Rahman implies that it's not there. Right. I don't think that the Ramban, I don't think that that's the only way. In other words, what the Ramban is saying is, the Ramban is saying something very important, that the high of pleasure is like, it, it, it's the same way, it, it's, like, it's like drugs. You always need a new dosage. So that which made you, um, which made you enjoy yesterday is boring today, and you need to look for something else. So it, because Mishra Zohar was not usual in his times, so people began to look for exotic stuff. Um, it's just like uh, it, when I, I came of age in the 60s, and as much as I could understand the philosophy, it was all the restrictions that people have made against relations, you know, ships and so on and so forth, is what makes us unhappy. Take off all restrictions, everybody very happy. It, so what, all it does is it pushes, the, so now people look for something more. In other words, it, it's a high that dulls and plateaus, and then you need another high. That's what Ramban is saying. So he's using that, but it's not the only reason. Whatever, whatever reason it is, a person is born with different, different levels of taiva. What do you do? One person barely has taiva, and one person can't, you know, he can't keep his eyes in one place. Each one is a Bria of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Each one has his avoda, and each one is going to have to deal with it. As, as, you know, being ashamed of it means you don't deal with it. If you deal with it, this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted, that somebody with such strong taiva as you learned how to be careful, and, and, and you built it very positively. Yeah. I'll stand, okay. I'm sorry? Okay. I'm sorry, so it's just, it's, it's a bit hard to stand, but we'll, we'll, we'll uh, okay. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'll, I'll manage, it's fine. Uh, the the right stand? Yeah. Um, I talked with this issue a lot, a great deal I've written about it, also in dialogue. And um, right. I've been a little surprised, with all due respect, I'm really surprised that you sort of sound like you bought into the idea that this is the way they're born. I agree 100%, obviously, that if somebody's just ashamed about it, just paralyzes them, doesn't help them grow. But I don't think there's any less reason to be ashamed if it's from nurture than if it's from nature. 100%. I don't know why. They make that assumption that in order to make the person not be ashamed of it, they have to come with nature. And if it's nurture, what's the schlecht, you know? So let me rephrase it, uh, uh, 100%. How I am what I am is not what I need to focus on. How do I get to where I need to get to? So part of it is that this, the, the, the Rambam, when he speaks in Hilton's Deus, he says that um, you're born with certain things, you grow up with certain things, you pick up certain things people around you. So how do we act in terms of anger, patience, all these things? You're a sum total of your natural, your genes, your very early upbringing, and the society you're part of. All of the above. Now, at this point, I need to say to myself, fine, th- th- but the shame of what I am is, 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 is destructive. So I agree with you, Deb. Okay. Thank you. And Thank you for the correction. There's actually, there's a very recent study that was published by one of the best studies that were done in this. Wasn't widely reported, but it proved that, that the genetic component of SSA is something like I think 18% or something like that. I remember the exact number. You didn't see it written anywhere. Nobody actually went back and had Sarotta Fragment claim that it's 100% genetic. 
We haven't heard that. Okay. Likely was also what Shiva said about somebody who has uh, barely any sexual feeling, we'll call asexual. In one of the, I heard on a Jewish uh, from Orthodox podcast talking about it, and they were declaring whether you're allowed to get married or not. It's not Allah. Nobody questioned whether, it, it, you know, they're assuming that they're born that way, when obviously it could become from trauma. I've treated people who had that from trauma, and they're doing fine. Right. But we've all bought into it. It seems that many in the front community now are just saying, okay, the Bajan Taka created you that way. Now let's see how you have to deal with that. But I think we're buying into if, something. If you can deal with it, through therapy, if it's dealing with through therapy, then, then that's the way to deal with it. The tachlis, not, not, you know, krechzi. But yes, 100%. Yes, thank you. I, 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 um, I think the Roshima just, just addressed the point I wanted to make, which is back, piggybacks, I think, on what Dr. Zeretskin said. There definitely are people who come to therapy who can change, uh, all kinds of sexual as well as non-sexual impulses, and so it's not just a, I, I, I think that it's not just a question of who you are, what am I doing about it, but maybe who am I? Maybe that is part of the question of therapy. So, well, who am I? Is is a um, I don't know what the word is tricky. In in Yiddish, in Torah, who am I has two meanings. One is the core, one is the fall. One is potential, and one is actualized. So we assume every neshama, the koach, is a potentially is kulitayv. How much it expresses and, ha- and so on. So when I tell a person, who are you? I can't just say a snapshot of who you are. I, I need to be able to see the autonomic uh, person in the person projected. You're, you're, you're developing towards something. That's why it takes a lot of intuition, Satishmayat, to say what's, what, what is the person I'm trying to bring out? I'm not going to create, I'm not slapping uh, a face onto this, uh, onto this person. I'm trying to bring out from inside. And that's why it's not, you know, who you are is, is, a, is, is, a, is the big question. Hi, Sarah Kaifman, California, and today, Alina. <laughs> Wow, conversion. <laughs> oh, by the way, I, I, I asked somebody who, who learned from California, from Los Angeles. If one of our family's children in Lakewood, I said it must have been a different cultural shock. He said he remembers two of the questions boys asked him. One asked him if he needed a passport to go to Los Angeles. And the other one said, Los Angeles is so far, it's like a six-hour drive at least. <laughs> so th- th- those are the two, uh, yeah, okay. And I'll add a third, that someone asked my children in camp if Los Angeles is part of the United States of America. <laughs> <laughs> that depends. Well, yes, that's political. That was a, political, a very astute political question. <laughs> okay. So in California, there's everything, and there's a lot of the gender identity stuff. You know, kids six years old in, in the um, Hollywood world, eight years old, they are born male, and they think they're female. And there's a tremendous press. Like, if your six-year-old thinks he's a male, even though he's female, you need to go with it. I think there's something of that going on with our kids as well. We used to call this adolescent stuff a crush. Oh, yeah. We used to call it a crush. Anyone that went to camp, anyone that was in a or you crushed a teacher, or you crushed 
the most popular girl, and it was considered kind of normal, but secretive. No one thought it had any sexual connotation. But today, where everyone knows, even the front kids of Lakewood that I see, they know about being gay. When they're feeling a crush, they decide, hmm, they might be gay. And their parents, who dimly heard about it because they're a decide, yeah, I think that maybe this child is gay. And really, it's just the adolescent confusion. But when you give it a different name, and you say that that name is okay, then you have all these kids saying, no, I'm not a male, I'm not a female, or I, this is not a crush. I really think that I am gay. And we're doing them a disservice by not explaining, illustrating these feelings as normal, and particularly in a very close society, which even in California, the Orthodox community is fairly close, where the kids have no idea about sexuality or uh, what normal male, female is like. Today, you know, kids don't read library books either, so they really don't know. They only read kosher books where you only could love somebody after you're married. Uh, they're just so confused. And it's not biologic, it's not society, it's just plain confusion. They're picking up a label. Um. So, so really what you're touching on is the is education now schools and home, and home. but but it, it, so you know every school runs itself and I'm not in a position to tell anybody how to run their school and my school doesn't belong to me so I'm, I work there so I, I have more input but you know I'm not a balabas it's very different the, the, the yeshiva matters is different it's very out of town it's a very different structure but the real issue is, yes, we need to educate our kids in a, in a healthy way and so on. I don't know about girls, in other words, the format. What I'm talking about is the format. So a, a classroom format is too easy for it to, to become a, 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 a joke, a circus. Some kids are mature, some kids are not mature. Some kids are just out of to, to, to trouble and so on. My suggestion is, um, you know, I, I think the right setting to do this type of thing is um, a group of six or seven, like what you would call a VAT. Um, I, in our, our um, in the Shiridola Bells in high school on one building, and it's under one, it's one roof, kind of. It's one organization, so um, I give once a week a VAT and I'll ensure the 12th graders. And he has a big chapter there about this topic. And I explain it in my words. I don't, I mean, I, I use this text somewhat, but I, I tell them it's a, it's a book of guidance that Ali show which it is. He wrote it in 1950 in Exesrol. This is 2020 in America, so I'm going to adapt it in the way I want. And we talk about it. And the response has been very good. You know, we talk about three people's drives, we talk about why the Torah wants us so restrictive, what drives a person, and so on. I believe uh, there's an area that we're missing very much is shiurim um, and the nature of guidance. We get um, a lot of, lot of lambdas, which is wonderful. We occasionally get a musashmuz, which is fine and brimstone, 
and whose job is to make sure that boys show up to Seder, which is also necessary. I, 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 you know, I can I assure you that that's a necessary part. But what about guidance? What about somebody has, when somebody has a question, I find Gemara so hard and boring and dry, why should I learn it? Or how can I make it easier? Or, or whatever it is. So um, you can have a response, because that's the way we do it. We can have a response, shake it. Um, this is what the Vilna Goy did. You think it's smarter than him? Or you could go through it and do and and do and and, and explain and explain why and even even if not everything is, it gets it. And the same thing is much more true about the Indian you're talking about. Instead of addressing how terrible an Ayyavanir and what kind of chet it is, so on and so forth, explain <coughs> these are drives you being and, and Revolver takes that tack and I and I've heard people criticize it. I have, I have cousins that stole Chasnishik is there for says the terrible, terribly not what that means. writes about terrible it is, and he makes it so, you know, kind of uh, this that. I mean, I didn't say anything, but I thought he's off the wall. I, mean, I, I don't think he's, I think he's wrong. Um, so for boys, I believe in high school, 11th, 12th grade, a part of a, of a bigger curriculum of guidance where you have a vad and the vad is six, seven, eight boys. That's that's a, that's an ideal type of group where you can actually talk about things. In a level where it's familiar and yet there's some sense of formality to it, and you discuss these things from A to Z and why Hashem wants it and what Hashem wants from us and so on and so forth, I, I, I would think very strongly that that's a very very important piece of the puzzle. How everybody's going to do it, I don't know. No, the local courier will get a school to do. Every school is, is autonomous. So, but yes, I agree very very strongly with with, with, with that point of education. I, I, I don't know enough about girls' education to know what would be a similar format that would not create just 35 giggling girls in classroom. You know, that, that's or, or or whatever it is. You know, or somebody coming out against it or whatever. I, I don't know. But for boys, I really think if there'd be a vad type of setting with the right math boys and the right type of personality, speaking guidance with with, a, with the tone of guidance and not the tone of you know, Mila Shem and I, I think it would it would do wonders. Yeah. Like, may I just say that uh, Rabbi just quoted Yankov Kamenetsky at a Torah Masora convention 40, 50 years ago <laughs> when the, um, the the principals were asking some of these questions. My job was to interpret it to Rabbi Yankov their questions. And Rabbi Yankov said, you don't have to scare them. You have to explain it to them in a nice way. He didn't use the word vad, but it was yeah, the same, same idea. Yes. So Rabbi Yankov was well aware of what Rabbi I want to tell you a story. And again, I, for those of you who want to think in Barapak, I'm going to repeat myself. I had a Rebbe who was an extraordinary person. Uh, to me, Ari Omazer, he is the image of a perfect mechanach. His name was Reb Zedel Epstein. I was Zeichet to be close to Reb Zelig Epstein also. Both of these were luminaries in my life. I had Reb Zedel Epstein. I went to a school called RJJ. Today it's Reb Yaakov Yosef. It also went conversion. It converted from, from, it's a different school. It's all different, just the same name, but it's a very different place. It was a huge school of a thousand kids from kindergarten through Smicha. Um, it was, it had everything from Chesidisha kids to Mahal Shabbos kids. It's a type of thing that nobody today could imagine existed. That was the yeshiva. The English department and Hebrew department 
were schizophrenic. There was no one head of everything. The English department ran its own fiefdom, the Hebrew its own, there was nobody on top of everything. So the, the, the Hebrew department tried to get Bronco to Lakewood Beshaita, the English department tried to get them to opt out of Yiddishkeit. It was very interesting mixed messages. If I put it on my therapist, you could have made a fortune on trying to straighten me out. Reb Zabel was 11th and 12th grade Rebbe. He was an Ish Emis and an Ish Chacham. And in an incredible way. I, I mean, he, and, and his, he, he was himself a very oiskabita person. Everything about him was Emis, was real, and 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 the and, and, and he was practical now to earth. An incredible person. I have a love talk to Kem Corina. Um, I I had him as a as a Rebbe. He's, he's he's to me an image, a shining image. I was about fifteen years old. So he was he had a touch of Hasidic a little bit, he was a tzaddik. And I um, and at that time there was the controversy was about birth control. I don't remember um, if the controversy was selling it over the counter, making it legal. I, I don't remember what it was. I was young, it was, but there was an issue about birth control, whatever. So what? So I went over to him, and you know, in base matters, I'm like, if you know, when I went to talk, and I say, is is birth control more to be tired? So he asked me, it's like, yeah, He said it with a smile. I, 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 so I told him, I said, no. I, I said, I said, you know, the teacher spoke about it, and there's a big, this, you know, it's a big question about some bill or something or other, and I wanted to know. So serious for a minute, too. He said, sit down. And he explained to me, I mean, it was, again, more at a cycle, what part of the month is more misogyny birth, what are different ways to prevent what are this, what that? He went through it as matter-of-factly and as unaffected as a professional would. And, and you know, what's mutter, what's also, what's chachila, what's whatever it is, and that was it. And, you know, I didn't think it was so natural. It was like I'd be asking what broccoli you make us. The same, same natural. I later, you know, as, as I grew up and I reflected on it, I thought to myself, it wasn't the thing he would have wanted to talk about. He, he, no, I'm serious. He was, he was, he was, he had the touch of, 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 but he said to himself, I'm going to English. We talk about this openly. This is no discussion. If he's coy about it, so Torah has nothing to say about it. Torah is primitive. Whatever it is, it's not going to go well. So, and, and I'll tell you, the conversation was in a very, very, Matter of fact, simple as if it was a natural question to ask, and I reflect back on it, and, and that's to me a diagnosis. What are these things supposed to be? You know, had he, you know, had I gotten any other reply, the type of reply, you know, you also listen to stuff, this shalom, whatever it is, all that type of stuff. So okay, I would have been very respectful, say not about it, but what I think inside, I, I would think this is intelligent, this is open, this makes sense. And this, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so I'm um, just being mindful of the time. Um, I had a feeling we'd need three hours for the session, but <laughs> Dr. Noah says we have to model timeliness. So um, just a final question here. Um, yeah. And there are a few questions that came in from the floor, so I, you know, I feel bad that we, we probably won't get to them, but... Sweep on the rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the type, anyway? <laughs> but maybe they can be addressed. Later, at a later session. Yeah. As a therapist... I get a lot of texts. Everyone wants Rabbi Lovyansky back. So yeah. <laughs> get to it again. 
Uh, as a therapist, I hear a constant barrage of stories of terrible behaviors and occurrences. I never dreamed that certain levels of dysfunction and suffering could really exist in the firm community, and I feel that with the passage of time, I'm sadly becoming a bit jaded regarding our pillow. Sometimes I can hear firsthand about respected members and leaders of the community and the cloud who act less than honorably in private, and it takes a toll on me. It is becoming increasingly difficult to see the beauty of Yiddishkeit in our community for what we truly are. What can I do to try to regain and retain my positive view of Kali Yisrael despite what I'm experiencing? See a good therapist. What? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I would. The, the truth is, this, this question, this question touches on another topic, not only from a therapist's point of view, but. I think that some of the chinuch of our kids, because it's so pure and rarefied, does not touch on realities of the world. And when we don't present it in a framework that's real, then kids are not prepared for it, and it's problematic. I, I want to tell over something, and again, I'm not the time is, is short. The, I, I mean, I, in Yeshiva, we have a Malka once a month. I do, I, I was looking, I don't want to do another Shmuzim. So we do a biographical sketch of a Godel whose yard site would be the next month. Um, I, I um, start by saying the sources where I get my material from. First-hand sources. And I was like, somebody who tells me a story that happened 600 years ago, I don't have much trust in it. And I try to read, usually a lot of times, what the, what the person wrote himself is the best indicator. I did the Rambam once, obviously, the Rambam, and, he, and there's a letter from the Rambam that I read. It's a letter to a friend of his that had, he had been very close with him in the year in Etzestral that he was. They learned together by the Rambam's father. And then this person went to Iraq, I think, Rambam from Mitzrayim, and they lost touch. And this person asked the Rambam for a favor, and then he also accused the Rambam of breaking off their friendship. And the Rambam writes, you're calling me the betrayer when you're the one that betrayed me. My father was lived a few months after, after I left and didn't hear any nichum from you. And people from around the world sent me letters and didn't hear anything from you, and, and so on. By all rights, I should disregard this letter. But... Because we learned, and then writes, you know what kind of hardships I went through. He said, my brother died. His brother was the one who supported the Rambam. And he died, his, his ship sank, and he lost all his money. He said he died. He, he, all my money went down. He left me with an almana and a assignment to take care of. I was depressed for a year. I couldn't get out of bed. And even now, the only thing that keeps me happy is Torah and so on and so forth. You know, like I'm a Shevakli and, and so on. But a bond that was formed together, we spent a year searching for Kaddish Baruch Hu, learning and so on, as a bond of another break, our cult showing Chasa out and so on and so forth, and therefore um, whatever you want and I was happy that things are going well and so on and so forth that's a letter to Ram self writes printed Nigas Rambam now, my son-in-law in Israel read it, and he asked people who do you think the letter is, that one person nobody could believe it's Rambam I heard some others, she said it must be forked because no way the Rambam could have feelings like that. Said this, you know, <laughs> the Rambam didn't have feelings. So we create a problem. 
you don't want to speak Lashahara, but on the other hand, understanding issues, problems in every society, there, there are issues. I don't know. So what happens is you, 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 you grow up expecting things that are one thing, and then you get something else. So I, I, I don't know. You don't want to sit and tell stories. I'm so sad. But someone along the line, people need to understand the issues of human interaction, problems that can come up, you know, and, and so on. So that, would, that, I think, is one half of the story so that we're not thrown into a life that we just don't have the cadence to understand what life is like and, and, and you know, what marriage is like, what having kids is like, what, what having a family is like, what interacting with other people is like. Um, and, you know, these are all... These are, my father's friend, was Mira Shiva. Most of his mental energy was spent on avoiding situations. If we do it this way, he'll be a bit offended. They won't take it well. And this, he, had, he had a super canny way. And he didn't share it because he wouldn't talk about things, but at some point, you begin to feel it. Understanding human interaction and, and bef- you know, until, until B.S. Gerald Zedek, you know, after that, that's Mashiach's problem. I think that would be half of it. The next half of it would be, um, what can I do about it? And it may be one, one Nakuda. So if I feel this is an issue that keeps coming up again and again, so maybe if there'd be a better chinuchit, we would be able to, let's say, so besides Vadim on, on, on stuff like that, what about Vadim on things of interaction in a community? Again, for a 78-year-old, it might not be appropriate, but for an older, people get on each other's nerves, people are upset at each other, people expect things from each other. You know, there are real-life issues that we, we, we need to tailor the shmuza for older people, the Vadim for older people, to situations of fit. And I think... If there'd be a format where you would have a few critical rabbanim, rashivas, mashkiach, and things like that, with a few, and they would say these are issues that are coming up, somewhere along the line you need to preempt it by addressing it. It needs to be spoken about because this is becoming, it's not a yotzadofen anymore, it's not a yotzadofen I think the feedback between the two, it's just like the people doing vaccinations need to know what diseases are out there. In other words, you can't stand and vaccinate without knowing what are the, what are the problem areas. I, I think it would be very helpful if there would be that group. And you and this would be one of the things you go through these things and you make it part of the education. That's 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 what we do. But part of the problem is that we we don't teach our kids to anticipate real situations. And and and, and if you don't anticipate these situations, you run into problems. Now it's Israel for instance. You you, you hear wonderful stories about be tough and living simply and wonderful things like that. Nobody used to teach about what it means to be in debt and what it means when you need to say kala kala kitsin and what do you mean and, and what it means it, it, it doing things that, that will get you into trouble and how to have a budget. It's beginning to change because of all the problems. Unfortunately, had they done it 25 years ago, it would have been different. But if there would be a mechanism to get feedback and say these are the issues that are beginning to become um, more and more prominent, let's deal with it. Solely there'll be a change by the session. Okay. Thank you, Zara Sushiva.